Hello, hello, everyone. Good evening on this Monday night. I'm about to bring my co-host Marty Grisham in because this is Grace Out Loud, episode two. We have words from the Lord to share with you tonight. Uh, and we're going to allow the Lord to have his way and to move. So let me bring Marty in so we can open up in prayer. Um, and then we will get into things. So here he is, Mr. Marty Grisham. Hey, Amanda. Hello. Hey, how are you? Good. How are doing you? Great. Doing wonderful. Doing wonderful. I have Jenny over here next to me. Hi, Jenny. Uh, just sitting up comfortably over here. Praise the Lord. Uh-huh. And I've got Grace flopping around the room right now. So you don't know. Yeah, exactly I, I saw it. Yeah. Day, she, first episode. Yeah, I think we're going to have a maybe a, a, an ear perching or a, a nose shuffle, something glorious tonight. I know it's coming. I, I, I believe it. I believe it, Marty. Okay. So we'll open up in prayer. Yes. Uh, and then we're going to get into, we're going to get into some fun first before we get into the serious words from the okay. Lord. Okay. All right. Father God, in the precious name of your son, Jesus Christ, we come before you. We praise you, Father God, that you are almighty God. You are high and lifted up far above every power, principality, and might. We give you all the glory, honor, and praise due your name. We humble ourselves before you this day, Father God, asking that the pull of the flesh becomes less in our lives, so you, your will, and your power become more in our lives. Father, we acknowledge you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to the earth in the form of a man, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and he was the Passover lamb, the sacrifice for our sins. He died at Calvary. He purchased us by the shedding of his blood, and after he was buried, he rose again in three days, ascended back into heaven, and has been ruling victoriously and reigning at your right hand forevermore, Father God. And we honor that before you this night. Father, we invite your presence and the presence of the Holy Spirit to fill this place, to fill where we are, Father God, to fill this broadcast, to lead and guide us in all wisdom, counsel, might, power, and the reverence and fear of the Lord. By the power of the blood of Jesus Christ, by the spirit of the one true living God, may only the truth and power of Almighty God with authority come forth. Take all the glory for yourself, Father, for you are the potter, we are merely the clay. You are the author and finisher of our faith, Father. Without your breath of life in us, we don't have life. And we give you all the praise today in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. Amen. So, how was your day How's the weather been up in New York? It's actually pretty mild, surprisingly. So it hasn't been as cold as usual. Okay. Yes. So I'm sure it's mild in Oklahoma. You don't even have to tell me because it's probably yeah. very nice weather right now, right? It's actually was like in 64, 65 today. It was really nice. But this morning started off around 40 degrees, but it ended up really nice. Okay. Well, yeah. you know. So what kind of fun do we have today? I'm excited. I know. We're going to have some fun. We're going to open up with some fun. We're going to caption this. This is going to be a regular on Grace Out Loud. So Marty has sent me a pick, and I have sent Marty a couple of picks. We'll do my pick first, and we'll save Marty's for last, because I almost fell off my chair when I saw the pick that he sent me to caption. So everyone is saying there's a bad echo. You have an echo on your end? No. Okay. I heard the echo though from your like my voice echoing on your end. Okay. Is it better now? I don't. It should it be better. I turned down my volume. Okay. Let, let's ask everyone. Is the echo better now? 
Let's see. Gone. Okay, we're good. Okay. Good. Okay. <clears throat> that happens every now and then on StreamYard, and I can't quite figure out why. But every yeah, I was having the same trouble. Okay. So I'll put up, I sent Barty two picks. So here's the first pick for caption this. <clears throat> Here is Missy with little Flynn, Devin Aranantis's dog, who we took care of for about 10 oh days. Oh, my. <laughs> oh, my. You know you're setting me up for failure here. Um, just give me a, just a second. Let me tap into my spirit because my flesh wants to say things that is uh, corruptible and um, and uh, the, the old flesh of Louisiana swamp people are starting to rise up in me just seeing this picture. Um, and Flynn, shame on you. The Antises, shame on you, Flynn. The Antises, I thought they would have taught you better. They taught their sons better than this. Um so um, what I have right now is basically, oh, well, you know, well, this is actually, I'm so glad you chose to bring this picture out. This is the cover of your new book. Um, it's called uh, Prayer Lines for Your Pets. And so this is where Amanda and Flynn has ministered and one slain in the spirit. So this is, so every, congratulations, Amanda, for the outcoming of your new book, Prayer Lines for Pets. <laughs> I think that's a good one. I like that one. Okay. <laughs> And here's number two, and then I'm going to caption Marty's. <clears throat> here's Duchess the Pig with Wally. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is, uh, did somebody order a pig in the blanket? That's what it is, pig in a blanket. Yeah, it's a pig in a blanket, yeah. Uh -huh, pig in a blanket, okay. <clears throat> so Marty sent me a picture, and I thought it, I almost fell off my chair <clears throat> when he opened it, because I had no clue what he was going to send me. This is what Marty wants me to caption. I just want everybody to see this for a minute and get a good laugh. Uh, because this is a continuation of the rubber chicken that he brought on last week that was sitting on his chair the entire time. You know what I call this? I call this a rooster rocket. This is what I'm captioning it. What was it? The rocket. Oh, the, yes. Rubber, rubber chicken rocket. Yep. Rubber chicken pocket. There we go. I love this it. This is what you call poultry to go. That's it. Poultry to go. Oh, there we go. Okay. <laughs> I think it's fun that we play this because, you know, we never, you know, just to begin on something, a lighter note, because we're about to get into some heavier things. Yes. Yes. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah, it is good to be light. I think we have, um, I think we have an actual divine assignment tonight. Um, I got to gotten in prayer today. And it was deep and I spent quite a bit of time there. And when I got done, I had the words um, repositioning and redirecting the church. And then the word that I kept getting over and over was preparing the church, preparing the church, preparing the church, just over and over. And I got into groanings. I got in some really deep intercession. It was really good. It was good to be there. You know, it'd been a while because I've just get so busy with everything going on in life. And so it was really good. And after that, it was just preparing the church, preparing the church. What's going on on your side, Amanda? You know, I had gotten a word that I shared with you after midnight last night. I happened to be up in prayer. And there goes Grace flying right by me, behind me. Ooh, uh, glory. I happened to be up in prayer. And I received this word from the Lord, which I shared with you. So this kind of, you said, segues into what you're talking about, the word from the Lord. So I think this yeah. is going to go together. 
Well, but I agree with repositioning and reassigning right now. Yeah, there is a yeah. definite shift um, in the assignments in the body of Christ and where the Lord is, t- is taking people and where he's taking them away from in order to put them where they need to go. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, so with that, I think I'll start off because I think I'll start off with um, a word that I got in 2021. I've shared it many times um, on online and, and podcasts and stuff. I think I want to share it and just, it's, it's, it's pretty long. It's not real long, but it was a 28 minute prophecy. And I think it's a good one to open up um, the direction we're going with repositioning, correcting, redirecting and preparing the church. Um, So uh, what the Lord had said to me in this prophecy, it was a 28 minute prophecy. And I make a joke about it, Amanda, because I went to bed that night and I, as soon as my head hit the pillow, Jenny was getting in bed as soon as my head hit the pillow, the spirit of prophecy come up on me. It was really heavy. It was, I knew exactly what it was. It'd been on me many times. I reached over and grabbed my phone and hit record. And I started speaking and Jeannie said she never heard me speak so fast. So I'm just going and I'm speaking and, and, um, basically the name of it's become the three hours of the church. And he spoke to me about the first hour of the church And he said, now this was around the middle of 2021. He said, you're right now in the middle of the first hour of the church. And he called it the hour of corrections. And he said, I'm revealing all the things to the church, to individuals, to leaders in the church, to cities, states, nations, people all over the entire world. He said, I'm revealing things that I'm asking and I'm I'm needing corrections in. He called it the hour of corrections. Now, this is a divine hour, and I believe in that divine hour, he gives a grace, he gives an ability, that's a good way of saying grace, he gives an ability to receive, open heart to receive what he's saying about these corrections. And so the first hour was the hour of corrections. Now, we were in Frisco, you and I and and all of us were in Frisco, Texas for the Clay Clark Reawaken uh, there in Frisco. And we went to lay hands on a speaker. I can't remember if it was Mel Kay or or who it was, but we went to lay hands on the first speaker of that night because at that time I was laying hands on speakers before they got out on the stage. And when I laid hands on them with Todd Coconato and some others, when we laid hands on them, my good buddy Todd, I love Todd, Pastor Todd. Yeah, he's a great man of God. And so uh, when Todd and I laid hands on that person, I was trying to pray for them, but the word of the Lord came to me and he said, the hour of corrections ends right now. Now starts the second hour of the church. So that was December the 9th of 2021. And so the second hour of the church, he called it the hour of prompting adjustments. And he said, this hour of prompting adjustments, this grace, this ability I'm giving people and the body of Christ, especially leaders, listen to me, leaders in the body of Christ, I'm prompting them to make the adjustments that I revealed to them in the last hour. So we're still in this hour right now. We're coming to the end of it soon. I've been getting that in my spirit for a few months now. We're coming to the end of this hour of prompting adjustments. And let me say the word of the Lord came to me a few months ago, maybe six or nine months ago for Clay Clark. I'm driving down the road and I'm right next to Walgreens and the Holy Ghost fell on me. I pulled over in the parking lot of Walgreens and I recorded the prophecy and I sent it to Clay and his wife, Vanessa. 
And the word said a lot of things about God, Jesus himself writing in the churches, judging the people in the churches, seeing if they're ready for the battle, for the final battle. And he said, I'm finding them wanting. They're not ready. They need to judge themselves. And then this was said at the end of this word that I had for Clay. The Lord said this. He said, everything you do from now to the end of this 2022 year is divinely important. It has more divine um, effect on eternity than you would ever know. We're coming down to the last month of this year to get stuff done, for adjustments to be made, for people to judge themselves. That's what this is about. It's not just about you and I sitting here saying, oh, you're wrong, you're wrong. Hey, church, straighten up. It's about every one of us judging ourselves before the Lord, keeping our heart open. And also we prophetically can come in and say some other things, which we'll do that a little later. And then the third hour of the church, which is exactly what you just said a while ago. The third hour of the church, he said to me, he said, when the hour of prompting adjustments comes to an end, where he's prompting people to make those corrections, when that hour comes to an end, it will be the hour of divine placements. And he said, I have gotten my people ready. They've judged themselves. They've been prepared. And I'm moving them to that workstation, to that place I have for them, to that divine assignment, that mandate, that calling I've prepared for them. I'm putting them in place so that they can then usher in that final move. And then about a month later, Amanda, I'm driving down the road because he shared to me the three hours of the church. About a month later, I'm driving down the road and he said this to me, at the end of the hour of divine placements will come the season of great exploits. Great exploits. You know what that is. And then he kept saying to me, he said, it will not be 10 of you. It will not be a hundred of you. It will not be thousands of you walking the earth doing these great exploits. It will be hundreds of thousands of you with healing in your hands, with faith and power and authority in the name of Jesus in your mouth. And you will raise the dead, cause the blind to see, cause the lame to walk. You will get people back into the glory of God. And so that season of great exploits, I believe that that is that great move that we've all been talking about. And we are just entering the hour of divine placements really soon where he's putting us all in position. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know what I call this? With divine placements, there comes a hard adjustment. You know, we go to chiropractor's office and he's got to make a hard adjustment because things are out of alignment. And so there has to be an adjustment in order to put things back in place. That is exactly what is going on. Exactly. This season. Um, I see it happening and I see the Lord pivoting. <clears throat> I remember about a month ago or so, I said, this is the time of the great pivot where you're going to see things just suddenly pivot. And I said, I gave the example in basketball. When a player pivots, he without warning changes the direction oh, wow. of where he's going with the ball. And the defense has no warning that he's about to pivot. And this is what we're seeing right now. Without warning, God is pivoting people away from things in order to move them uh, in further into uh, the next chapter and the will he has for their life. Um, And this is a hard adjustment right now. It is. That's happening with this. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. 
Amen. The last thing you said, I didn't hear. My wife was walking across the room and something large just fell. <laughs> I have no idea what just fell. A gun just fell. I don't know why a gun fell. What gun was it? Praise the Lord. Oh, that's my big gun. Praise the Lord. So what was the last thing you said? We're just shut down here in our bunker prophesying over the nation with a rubber chicken. That's what we're doing in Oklahoma. Amen. <laughs> you got a rubber chicken and I got a good dog just flying all around the room. More for the um, what I was saying is this pivot that happens, right? Yeah. That yeah. brings you into the next chapter. It is a hard adjustment in yeah. order to get you back into alignment yeah. for the next chapter of what yeah. God called you to do. Because yeah. there are certain things you have to shift direction from and 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 move away from in order for that to occur. Uh, and sure. we're seeing that happen in this time right now. Yeah. You know, the Lord spoke to me <clears throat> just two or three months ago. Um, he said to me these words, just out of the blue, just going about my day. He said these words to me. And, and by the way, let me just throw something out there because I've been having a lot of interactions with people. We've been teaching yeah. prayer. Jenny and I have been doing the live prayers um, on Rumble and YouTube. Um, a lot of people are so hungry, Amanda. So, and what you know this, but they're so hungry to learn how to pray. They're so hungry for the voice of God. Uh, you know, there are some people that think that the body of Christ is uh, really, really asleep. Let me tell you something. I am being introduced every single day to so many people <clears throat> who are hungry for the move of God, the things of God. They are asking me so many questions about praying in tongues. What's it like? How do I get my prayer language? So I'm just getting more excited every, oh, glory. To, I'm telling, oh, Grace is excited about praying in tongues. You're talking about praying in tongues. I do not train the stuff to do this. This is the most wild thing. I'm telling you this bird is anointed because this this dove at, at key words like covenant and praying in tongues and Holy Spirit, I, I, I am convinced there is an angel that stands in the room and at certain promptings taps her on the butt and sends her right up onto my head. Well, I could see that happening for sure. <laughs> oh. Once again, I'm turning down the volume because they're saying the echo is back. Can you hear the echo? You might hear the echo. You Oh, you'd hear it, Marty, if it was there. No, I'm not hearing an echo. Okay. Let me uh, do something differently with my mic and we'll see if that makes it any better. I have echo cancellation on. There she goes. Okay. Uh -huh. Maybe that's better on the echo. Yes. Testing I'm, one, I'm two, three. Anymore. Praise the Lord. But people are saying there is an echo. Some people are saying there's an echo, and some people are saying there's no echo. So this is very interesting <clears throat> what's going on right now. Yeah, I've had something happen like that with um, between just the difference between YouTube and Rumble. So. Okay. Okay, it's gone. Okay, we can continue. It's gone. Okay, good, good. All right, now I don't know what she's going to do next, this dove, because we just talked about praying in tongues and she came and landed on my head. Well, um, so the Lord said to me, He said, He said to me a few months ago, He said, Everything you're doing right now, I'm allowing you to do because you've learned love. Now, Raised up under Kenneth Hagen, got to, the honor of traveling for the last, the last year, year of, yeah. of, of Brother, Brother Hagen's life. life. 
and, um, and um, to, to travel, travel with other Hagen, other Hagen um, um, he really, he really, really was a stickler in this for this walking, for walking in, love. in love. He really, he really understood, understood love. And he understood. And he understood um, um, I'm getting such an echo over here now. What's that echo for? All right, let's see. Hold on. We're going we're gonna to fix this. Better now? Yes. Okay, yes, it's go gone. on. Okay, okay, good. So he was so good at talking about, obviously, living by faith, but also walking by love. And so I spent years and years just studying love. I wanted to perfect that. And so the Lord said to me a few months ago, um, you've learned love, so I'm allowing you to do the things. And honestly, it's been a challenge because there's been so much error taking place in the church. I would go to church in the last year. I'd sit on a pew, and Jesus would walk up to me and literally say to me, uh, I'm grieved, and I felt his heart hurting. And I said, what's wrong, Lord? And I was almost felt like I was going to cry. Now, this wasn't an open vision. He was he come up to me <clears throat> in a, more of a closed vision. <clears throat> um, but he sa I said, what's wrong, Lord? What's going on with you? And he said, they've not even mentioned my name today. Now, we're talking about a good church, but they've not even mentioned his name today. And he was grieved. He was grieved. Mm -hmm. And so... So we see a lot of error. We see a lot of things taking place. I've talked to worship leaders like, man, why are you singing songs that aren't even worshiping God? You're singing songs that's talking about how amazing we are, you know, and how almost how lucky God is to have us. I'm like, yeah. dude, what's happened to true worship? And he literally was said to me, well, it's what the people want. And I'm like, what in the world? Who no. sets the standard? It's supposed to be the Holy Ghost. So all of this error, and you think this is small, minimal things, but when Jesus isn't being worshipped, when Jesus isn't being magnified, when man is being uplifted, oh, the pastor's on the stage, let's all clap for the pastor. Oh, thank you, pastor. You gave us a good 35 to 47 minute uh, speech today. And it's gotten so weird that there's no glory going to God. And then the ministers aren't bringing the glory. It is the responsibility of the fivefold gifts to bring the glory. You know, the pastor over um, the Brownsville Revival, pastor mm -hmm. there, he yes. literally said the number one role of the pastor is to protect the presence of God. Lord, have mercy. So what do you do, Amanda? You usher in the presence of God because that's your job, and then you let the presence touch the people, heal the people, speak to the people in this united corporate anointing, and you protect that presence. How do you protect it? You don't let the people worship you. You don't let the people worship right. themselves and some with some stupid song. You mm -hmm. keep them focusing their heart and their love and their mind on Jesus. You know, what's interesting. The Lord pointed something out to me. I perceive it to be the Lord. And this was a couple months ago. Um, worship leaders have a very important role because they have to usher people into the presence of God. They have to bless the name of the Lord and set the example uh, that ushers in the presence of the Lord, where the people want to worship the Lord, where that becomes the focus. And the Lord pointed out to me that when Lucifer was in heaven, he ushered people into the presence of God. Yeah. And he worshiped the Lord. And he had pipes built into his throat. And Lucifer was incredibly susceptible to pride 
and self-worship. And because of that, that translated when he fell in a way onto the issue we see going on um, in the gospel music, you know, worship leader, uh, you know, arena where they are incredibly susceptible to the same. And they start getting prideful and haughty and self-worship and compromising and everything that Lucifer did that got him into rebellion, which got him thrown like lightning out of heaven. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I almost want to pray in tongues. (laughs) We're praying in tongues then. Wow. And Father, we thank you for light. Father, we thank you in the precious name of Jesus. For those that hear this message tonight, for the eyes of their understanding to be flooded with light by you. For this is not an ordinary night, says the Lord. This is a night where my hand have come upon these two and caused them to speak my heart as one. And I brought them together this very night. It's not a podcast night. It is a divine night, a night of corrections and redirections and preparation, says the Lord. So prepare yourself as you hear the things tonight and judge yourself. For I've given you instruction in my word and I'm giving you instruction tonight through my spoken word of how you are to look into your own life, look into your own heart. And I will just give you the smallest prompting or the smallest nudge. And as you grab a hold of that with the eyes of your understanding, Grab a hold to it with the hand of openness and begin to allow my corrections and my promptings to put you in the divine place I've called for you for this hour. For I want to use you, says the Lord, but I can only use you and use those that have prepared themselves. So prepare yourself for the great hour of the great move of God is upon you, for the great hour of that great season of exploits is soon upon you. So prepare yourself, and I will use you, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Praise See, there's God. a stronghold. I remember as a young boy, I grew up in church as a young, I mean, I grew up at three, four, five years old in a Holy Ghost, demon casting out, tongue talking church. Me too. And growing up in that, I just knew some things. And I remember as a young boy, I heard I heard the world say, you're not supposed to judge us. Now, this was 40 years ago. You're not supposed to judge us. Christians, you're supposed to walk in love. You're not supposed to judge. Um, that's a bunch of bunk. That's a bunch of poop. That's what I got to say about it. It's absolute, absolutely poop. Can't, Amanda, can we say poop? I just said poop. So, I was a children minister. It's about the only word you can say. So, um... Because there is a stronghold literally from the enemy wanting us to shut our mouths. And so he had the world, he had the sinners telling us we couldn't open our mouths to judge what they were doing. See, we are supposed to judge their actions. God is going to judge the person because we can't know the heart without him revealing it to us. Like if you see a minister or someone wrong, you can't judge them unless God's speaking through you prophetically to do so, but you can judge the actions. 
and the actions are what we're supposed to judge. So 40, 50 years ago, this was some stronghold of the enemy that he poured out in the earth. And I remember as a teenager and all through school for many years, this thing about Christians, you're not supposed to judge. You can't judge me. Oh, I can judge your actions because God says, I am holy, so be you, Marty, holy. Be you, Amanda, holy. So if he's demanding for me to be holy, I can see when things are not holy. Amen. You know, we're called to be, and I say this quite a bit, we're called to be really good fruit inspectors. Oh, I like that. We have to inspect the fruit. The fruit yeah. is the product yeah. that comes forth from the tree, from the person. Yeah. And we have to be fruit inspectors and be really good at it. You know, we have to mature in that. For example, if you have uh, two apples, one of them is fake. One of them is real. A child would not know the difference between the fake and the real because they look so much alike. But an adult that has matured could easily inspect it and say, this one's false, this one's the good fruit. This is what we're supposed to do. Yeah. And a while back, the Lord dealt with my wife and I to begin to judge ourselves concerning pride. Yeah. And so obviously, like most people who have pride, they don't know they have pride. That's what's so sneaky about that stinky pride. Now, you mentioned rebellion earlier, how Satan fell yes. because of rebellion. That was pride. That's exactly the same thing we're talking about. Well, the Lord began to deal with us about fixing the pride in our life. So, and then he began to reveal it. And he began to reveal every time that we felt like someone did us wrong, they may have done something wrong, but it was affecting us because we were in pride. We were puffing ourselves up to such an extent that we were thinking what they're doing actually has effect on us. That There's this pride. Now, rebellion and pride is is as of witchcraft the bible talks yes. about it's 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 really really stinky in the nose of god and so i went to the lord after about a week and said lord i don't know how i'm supposed to help others because you asked me to help others concerning pride how do i help them and he yes. just said matthew 7. so i ran to matthew 7 looked at verse 1 judge not that you be not judged for with what judgment you judge you will be judged and with what measure you meet You'll be measured again unto you. And then verse 3. And why do you behold the mote that's in your brother's eye, but you consider not the beam that's in your own? So why do you see the little speck in your brother, and you're wanting to talk about that, while you have a beam in your own eye? But then the Lord went on to say, um, how can you, you're supposed to, how can you say to your brother, let me pull the little speck out of your eye, and then you're able to, um, well, I'm sorry, let me pull the beam out of my own eye and then I'll be able to pull the speck out of yours. And so what the Lord said to me was, I allow you, I make you graced or able to help your brothers once you've cleaned yourself up. Because the King James literally says, I allow you to clearly see how to help your brother after you helped yourself. This is a time for us to judge ourselves. This is a time for us to get in position. This is the time of him preparing the church. Amen. I'm going to read this to you. Yes, because go. I, oh, my goodness, Marty, this is hysterical. Okay. So this was from November 10th, 2022, this word from the Lord that I put out. 
And this is what it's, I'm going to read this section here. It says, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, for I never knew you. That's capitalized. Too much intermixing what is not of me, that's capitalized, with what is of the filth of this world. And it has created a gross concoction that is causing brambles in the souls of the people. Get the speck of dust out of your own eye before you can remove the log from your neighbor's eye, says the Lord. However, many of you have logs in both eyes and have filled yourselves with intoxications of the enemy that are not of me. That's capitalized. And I, the Lord, am bringing rectification and a hard adjustment to the church. As the church should speak boldly the word of God, they should be utilizing the sword of the spirit. They should not be welcoming the ways of Moab and the ways of Sodom into my house, says the Lord. That's capitalized. And this will change suddenly, says the Lord. A sudden gust of wind will knock much out of my house house that's capitalized that does not belong watch and see says the lord for it is almost upon you the hour has almost come wow and to follow up with that first peter 4 says but the Mm -hmm. end in verse 7 but the end of all things is at hand be sober watch and pray and then we're going to go down to verse 17 for the time has come that judgment must first begin in the house of god that's the season we're in right now. First Peter 4.17. God is allowing the church to judge itself. And that's coming to an end where he's going to have to step in and judge them himself. He's allowing time. Because remember what it said in Matthew. It's to judge yourself. Judge yourself so that you won't be judged. We've been in this season for almost a year now of saying, hey, church, judge yourself. Hey, individuals, I know people that are not judging themselves. They know they're doing things wrong, but they won't judge it because they think there's a beautiful little piece of fruit or there's something real pleasurable at the, at the, at the end of the little trail they're on. But let me tell you something. The only place we're supposed to be is in the middle of God's plan. Man's plans always spoil. The Bible says, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain. So you can build and you can build a church and you can build all kinds of things. But if it's not his direction, he's not the boss over it, it will be in vain. It will be in vain and Ichabod will be written above it ultimately, which means the glory has departed. Uh, And so leaders really have to, in this season, walk circumspectly before the Lord, which uh, means carefully yes could you share that word that you recently got the the one you got was it today it was at midnight yes it was after a little after midnight you want me to share it right now share it right now yeah it sounds good okay all right this word from the lord came a little past midnight i was up praying in the spirit and it's a warning to the leaders leadership in the body of christ and i sent this to marty first for uh for confirmation to make sure that it bore witness with his spirit before sharing this but this is what it says a warning to the leadership in the body of christ you have allowed a sniveling snake who has posed as a humble servant too close to your spouse so he starts about marriage with leadership and that snake has wrapped its tail around the wrist of your spouse pulling them in Your spouse has now poured their heart out even about your marriage to these sniveling social climbers. For you have not, that's capitalized, done your job biblically as a spouse and have neglected your union. 
you shall sorely regret that's capitalized such letting such too close to what you should have been loving as christ loved the church and gave himself for it you shall sorely regret such for this humble servant shall reveal their true scales as a sniveling snake and will manipulate they will not let go that easily when they are found out and they shall have a bag of your secrets that's capitalized from a spouse so neglected that it shall cause you to become rejected in many arenas and that bag shall be intentionally and strategically spilled out as the sniveling snake suddenly departs under suspicious circumstances and you shall be left with a public spillage that shall cause those to pillage what you did not guard all for control the love of money and jockeying for a more advantageous position in order to control you and your vision that's capitalized not mine that's capitalized says the lord for my vision was revised that's capitalized all for flesh and man-made eyes with visions of grandeur that were not mine mine is capitalized which has allowed spiritual cataracts to set on and change directions not meant to go all for show now become an unwanted spectacle either return on to be the lord to set things right or there shall be a large strike that will sink what was built and you shall bear the guilt of the reproach which was the result of not knowing serpents from true servants and now this shall take place sooner than you think for i the lord am allowing your decisions of your flesh to now take their course to bring correction to a mess no matter how neat you package it the ribbon and paper shall be pulled off and its contents revealed thus says the lord of hosts in the name of jesus christ amen and amen praise god you know <clears throat> i believe that and i believe uh the lord has been very gracious he's been very merciful he has shown that you know the bible says the lord is good and his mercy endureth forever um i also have another scripture here i wanted to read yeah. um that just talks about how good the lord is um i'm not seeing it here um Oh, here it is. The Lord, this is Psalm 103.8. The Lord is merciful and gracious. He's slow to anger, abounding in mercy. That's, I love that so much because it really, it was said in the old, the old covenant in the Old Testament. Yes. But the Lord, he doesn't change. You know, the Lord is the same. He doesn't change. Mm -hmm. And so he's the same today. But the way he interacts with man in the new covenant has been changed. So a lot of people will spend a whole lot of time in the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant of how God interacted with man. And God had more of a, a inclination to unleash judgment in those days. Yes. And so the New Testament is called the dispensation of grace. And so this verse about the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, because of what Christ has done for us, the gracious, merciful side, that face of the Father, is shown more in the New Testament. But you still can't take away the judgment of God in the new covenant we're in. The covenant we're in, he is more inclined to not do judgment, more inclined to be gracious. And that's the hour we've been in. He's been asking us, Lord, have mercy. The pandemics and things and all the jabs and all the things going on 
and people uh-huh. are still so asleep. The church, I know, I know pastors that are literally telling people, oh, that's all just a bunch of conspiracy theories, all the stuff about how political things are going. This is all, you know, I mean, Lord have mercy. How deceived. How in the world are we hearing the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, speak about the truth we're hearing, and these guys are hearing nothing in line with what we're saying? Well, I don't think I'm deceived. We're hearing the Holy Spirit, and we have the word in line with it in everything that we're hearing. And so there's just a whole lot of leaders that are asleep, and we have to get them to wake up because although we're in the dispensation of mercy and grace, there still comes a day when that mercy and grace is stopped and that other face of the Father, the face of judgment, the side of his judgment has got to step in because it's for the greater good for the body of Christ. He is going to get his church to the place he wants the church to be. That's right. We will be a triumphant church and we will usher in the great powerful move and glory of God. That is going to happen. Boom! That's the book. That is going to happen. So God is like, hey, 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 little babies, let me let me help you walk. Let me help you make these corrections. But he's going to stop treating people like babies and treating leaders like babies really soon. And the face of judgment of the father is fixing to be opened up because he's been giving them chance and chance and chance for years now to make adjustments and start feeding the sheep. Amanda, the sheep are starving starving they are starving and you know it's too much milk not enough meat and the milk is sour and i just got that in my spirit that just popped in my spirit the milk is sour what they're being given and so it's not it's giving them no nourishment at all it's only hurting them it's not helping them in any way yeah well praise god so and i guess Oh, I don't know. It was a few months ago. Um, yeah. We had about an hour and 15 minute prophecy come, which I might have mentioned it before. And I don't remember if I mentioned it on your last, the last time we were together. But uh, but I got this beautiful sachet kind of just talking time with God. Jenny and I were up at two in the morning and we just got this, this communication. It was really a beautiful time for about an hour and 20 minutes where I would say something and then he would say something. It was just this beautiful time. And um, I said to him, What's going on with the famine? There's much talk about famine. And he said, yeah. there is a famine coming to the land. But he shifted directions and said, the famine in the land is because of the famine in my church. And I've been chewing on that for a few months now. What is a famine? A famine is someone not able to get fed. I mean, there's not enough nourishment. And yes. people start getting sickness and because disease. From malnourishment. That can happen spiritually the same way. So the Lord said to me, there's a famine in the church. Them not getting nourished. Them not getting fed. Well, who's responsible for feeding them? What did Jesus do? He looked at Peter and said, Peter, you're a leader. Feed my sheep. Feed them. You're getting up on stage. You're getting up on stage with your big salary. Okay? You get up on stage with your big salary, driving your nice car. God's blessed you. Praise God. I'm all about being blessed. But get up there and do your stinking job. Feed the sheep. If your sheep are sick and if they're poor, you're not doing your job. Well, that's right, because they're feeding them everything they're not supposed to have. So I, I'll give you a, a, a real life example, because we have sheep. 
at the sanctuary. And we happen to have yeah. Moses here with us, right? Our Passover lamb. And so Moses has to be on a very regimented diet. So Moses has to be on a very um, high nutrient dense hay. Yeah. Like second cut hay, which is filled with nutrients and nourishment and that's what nourishes moses if i were to start to give him other things that he should not have what it would do it was begin to harm him it would begin to harm him physically his actions would change his behavior would change he would reject the hay the nutrient dense hay that he's supposed to have because he's being offered other things that he was never meant to ingest so we make sure Moses is steered in the direction that he needs to be healthy, which is that nutrient dense hay that he absolutely needs yeah. to survive. Yeah. And when you, I mean, all you do is, in, okay, it's like the fruit inspector. You talked about in, inspecting yes. the fruit. Uh -huh. you know, we're, we're, we're capable because he lives inside us and we have a new creation, new created spirit. Behold, all become new, all passed, you know, we become new, um, all the old's passed away. Because of our ability to judge fruit, we can, we, we should be able to judge everything that's coming in our church. And we should be able to inspect the sheep. Even the sheep have enough sense to look at the sheep and say, wow, these, some of these sheep don't even know what gender they are. Okay, and they're actually in the church. You know, I mean, come on, you know what I'm saying? I mean, yep. this is, this, I, I'm from Louisiana. We, we, we really just many times just trust in common sense. You know, I mean, just common sense says if you got it, you got it. I mean, it's not that hard. If you yeah. don't have it, you weren't <laughs> supposed to have it. Okay. Right. Uh -huh. So you, you look that. at the church and you judge the people in the church who won't even stand up for this nation who won't even stand up for the leaders. Yep. Amanda, I call them to pray. So many of them won't pray. That, and I'm not the only one. There's many of us that are doing prayer in my city. And I, many, I'm, many, many of these people, I never see them pray. They don't pray. They don't join. They're, now, I'm not saying they're not praying at home. But honestly, united prayer, that corporate prayer, that anointing is what's needed to help yeah. shift and change cities many times and states and our nation. And so that's what we're looking at right now. We're needing a revival of just prayer because that is one of the first fruits that the sheep are getting woken up. And what's happening is their their temperature is being brought to lukewarm. And, and we know from the word of God that the Lord spits the lukewarm out of his mouth. And it's being intentionally brought to lukewarm the temperature. So the sheep don't know how to A, communicate with their maker. They don't know how to B, operate in the power through Christ Jesus and the authority that they have been given. And they, put, they bench them on the sidelines and render them useless in the race. So many sheep by their shepherd are being rendered useless in the race. Because they're teaching them all they have to do is watch from the sidelines and act like it's not going on. Denial is only a river in Egypt, shepherds out there. That's oh. denial is only a river in Egypt. Oh, you just got a gumbo wave. <laughs> oh, glory. 
Whenever you say something that's just right, I'm telling you, we get a gumbo wave. Yeah, right. Um, 1 Corinthians 1, verse 10. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same things, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. We're talking about the body of Christ judging itself and coming back into unity. How many years have we lived with 40% of the body of Christ, or I don't know the exact numbers, I'm just pulling numbers out of the air, 40% of the body of Christ speak in tongues, and 60% of the body of Christ think we all have a devil because we speak in tongues. That's right. (laughs) He's right about this. And if Uh if someone would just look at Acts 2, Acts um, 1, Acts 2, Acts 8, Acts 9, Acts 10, Acts 19, um, 1 Corinthians 14, if they would just look at what the Bible says, it's so clear that that endowment of power from on high, that that um, baptism of the Holy Spirit, that baptism of the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, is for right now. And it is. so, but and one of the reasons is, is it's, it births unity. It brings us into the unity. When we have a great void between us, on this on this argument, it's yes. it's it's absolutely just creating a spirit of division because they won't have anything to do with us, and we don't even invite them to do anything with us because they're going to show up and they're going to be mad at us because we started speaking in tongues. This is getting insane. We have got to fix. But you know the problem is, we have gotten so accustomed to this division mm-hmm. that we think it's normal. It's yep. not. The dysfunction has become the normal. You know, growing yep. up. This happens to people a lot growing up, actually, when they grow up in a crazy dysfunctional household. Like, I'll give you a really funny example from my childhood, because I came from a very dysfunctional Italian family. And during Christmas, they pull out the espresso and the anisette, which is uh, licorice flavored liquor. And then they'd start playing Trivial Pursuit and arguing over it while they're drinking this. And this was part of my childhood. And what happens is when you grow up in that, it becomes your normal and you seek the like out because that is your normal, but it's really, you've been deceived because it's abnormal. It's not normal, but you have been deceived into thinking that such dysfunction is normal in the church in life, in families, and we have to get out of the fog and the smog of dysfunction and what it has done. I love that. That's so good. Yeah. Praise God. The dysfunction in, in this, that's settled upon some leaders, some leaders get so excited and so graced, so anointed to stand strong for the, for the, for the holiness and the purity and the good things of God to stand so strong and be such a strong voice against the world because we're supposed to say, hey, sin of the world, hey, darkness of the world, you will not touch our children. You will not touch our our marriage. You will not come through my TV and corrupt my home. You will not come through my computers and myself. You know, we're supposed to stand up against that. Well, some ministers get really good at that and they get really powerful at that. And then they turn around that great ability to... Um, decipher and speak against worldliness, they turn that around and they use that on the, the members of the body of Christ. And they turn that around and they start creating more division. Amazing people of God being attacked 
by amazing people of God. And I'm telling you, Satan is sitting on his throne, grinning ear to ear, when he sees ministers in the body of Christ attacking ministers in the body of Christ. Because it is pure division. I would love to sit down with some of these and say, have you spent at least 10 minutes praying for those that you're speaking about? Seriously, have you been praying? Because if you've been praying, doesn't God hear your prayer? Won't he move? Can you not move the God of heaven and earth when you pray for another minister? If you can't, then you need to step down as being a minister and go take listen to my series, my 12-step my series, Amanda, uh, how to get your prayers answered. And then we'll appoint you back in the ministry after you've learned what I've taught in the 12 steps of how to get your prayers answered. That's yeah, right. I, seriously, you would, I mean, we need to uplift and uphold one another. So once again, that we all speak, 1 Corinthians 1, that we all speak the same thing, okay? There be no divisions among you. I'm reading King James, right? That you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. This doesn't mean all the time that you have to agree with everything someone's doing or saying. But it does mean that you don't attack them and create division when you don't agree with what they're saying. You know what's interesting? Um, in the occult, one of the things they're taught immediately is division, even if you don't agree. I mean, uh, they're taught agreement, basically. Even right. if you don't agree, they're taught agreement yeah. um, and yeah. how to work together in that. And that's one of the first things they're taught. Um, yeah. And um, interestingly enough, they will fast for division wow. in the body of Christ. They will fast for it. Wow. To, to the powers and principalities and the rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual hosts of wickedness in high places. But they will fast for, for that to occur. And they know agreement better than we do yeah. as the body of Christ. You know, the, the, it's the same thing in the political arena. You know what I mean? The Democrats know agreement better, even if they don't agree. Yeah, yeah. No agreement. Because the overall plan is to win the battle, to yes. win the whole war, not the little the little fight in front of them. And so they'll they'll join together forces because they know their objective is to beat the entire team. And I, one of the most disgusting things to me is, is kind of what I touched on a second ago, which you're saying as well, is when someone is attacking their own team player, their yeah. own team player, newsflash. I got a newsflash for Walter Cronkite and the whole news staff. If they're born again, they're on your team. Don't attack them. Pray for them. Pray for if you think you have light and great insight and wisdom and knowledge, pray that the same Holy Spirit that gave it to you would also give it to them. Come on. And if they have sin, and even if the sin is revealed and it goes on inside edition, is shown to the whole world, that's the most beautiful time to love them and to pray for them because that's they're right. still saved. If yes. all of us who sin lose our salvation, then none of us are saved. So it doesn't mean they change sides and they're no longer on our team. We're on the team of Jesus. Jesus is the quarterback, and he's throwing some long passes, and these pastors need to start learning how to grab it and run. Yep, they need to go long. They need to oh, learn to go that long. Was good. That's that was good. They have to learn to do. Go long. Go long. It, it takes a lot to get out there. 
um, as a wide receiver and go long because they have to get around the defense first and they have to get out there and then they have to get free. They have to get free in order to receive what's being given to them. And a lot of them aren't going long and getting free. Yeah. And welcome everybody tonight to the Grace Out Loud Football Edition. And so Amanda Grace is coaching over. No, so okay. So um, you know, and the deal is, it is not Amanda's job or Marty's job to come on a show and go kicking the leaders of the church around. No, the things that we're saying, they're not our words. That's that's the deal. You know, yeah. prophets, apostles, all, we are endeavoring to only speak what the Lord speaks to us. I go to a church. I'm sitting on a pew. They're talking about the people in the church that died that week. I know that they're not praying for the sick. My heart is grieved. I'm literally about to cry. I said to Jesus, I can't do this anymore. I can't watch these yeah the leaders of the churches not feeding and nourishing and loving and caring and healing and promoting and injecting your word in your people. I can't watch this anymore. Jesus came to me and sat on the pew next to me. Wow. And he said these words to me, take your eyes off my pastors. I am uh, am, uh, unpleased with them. They have not been obeying me. It blew me away. I mean, I was in that church, you know, sitting there on the pew by myself. He came and sat down and said, I am upset with my pastors. I'm not pleased with them. They've not been obeying me. And that's when he said these words to me. I'm calling you to do what they're refusing to do. And so that's here I am with you. We're going to cover this nation with prayer. We're going to teach the word of God, who you are in Christ, how to walk by faith, how to love in the middle of every situation. We're going to teach the body of Christ how to move and flow in the things of the spirit. The body of Christ is going to become the ministers that the ministers are refusing to be. Amen. That that is profound right there. They are going to become, because you know why? The, the, The ministers have become bound up. Uh, by so many uh, 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 brambles and the things of this world. And yes, what you're saying right there, they become bound up. You see, you have to look at what God gives you and put it in perspective. The word of God says it is the love of money that is the root of all kinds of evil. Now, if you only view money as a tool in your toolbox, it's a tool. That's all it is. It's a tool that is given to you to use in the correct way in order to do what God has called you to do. You then separate it out emotionally where it's a tool and that's all it is. And that piece of paper does not give you a darn bit of power. Almighty God gives you power. The dollar does not give you power, but they have reversed that and they have idolized it and they have made it an idol and they have made it a demigod. And that's where you see the great fall happening. It's just a tool. And if you make it anything more than that, it will rule you instead of you ruling it. If it's made anything more than that, Um, the tool is going to be the boss. If you, if you don't use it the way it's meant to be. Ephesians four, 
Once again, just a few more scriptures about this unity and about the love. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, Ephesians 4.1, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you're called. That means every single one of you have a call, a divine something to do for God. He's saying, I'm wanting you to walk worthy of the thing you're called to do with all lowliness, meekness, long-suffering. Listen to this. Forbearing one another in love. Now, Ephesians 4, this is the chapter that we all know. It talks about the fivefold ministry gifts, about, you know, what is this, uh, seven or eight or nine verses later. And it talks about how the fivefold ministry gifts supposed to work together. And this is the same context. Paul writing to the church of Ephesus is in the same context. And he's starting this chapter, of course, obviously written in the Greek. There wasn't chapters. There wasn't, you know, the stuff that we're seeing. But it's broken down for us because it makes it easier, you know, the people that wrote the Bible today and or the ways that when they transcribed it. So he's talking about unity, 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 how we're supposed to recognize what we're called to do. But then we forbear the other callings and the other people. And we're supposed to help exalt them and help uplift them. Verse four, there's one body. Now, verse three, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. There's one body, one spirit. There's one hope of our calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, the Father of all. And then he goes on to say the next verse, and I gave apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists, or uh, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, for the perfecting of the saints so that they could do the work of the ministry so that they could do the edifying of the body of Christ. So the saints are supposed to minister to the saints. The saints are supposed to learn ministry as they're being trained and perfected by the five ministry gifts. But the five ministry gifts have been in so much division, pastors don't want anything to do with a prophet. Because a prophet's going to come in and say, Pastor, stop cheating on your wife. Well, she's right about that, though. They're going to speak speak the truth of God is what they're going to do. And a lot of them don't want to hear that right now. They want to do what they want. So let's, man, let's pray for him because, you know, um, our job, as I've been saying, as you've been saying, is to pray. Let's Mm -hmm. pray. Let's lead the people. I know a lot of people are going to watch this. What a great opportunity that we could pray for the leaders. And, um, you know, 1 Timothy talks about that. You want to read that for us? You have that? Here, I can get it up real fast. 1 Timothy 2. The Lord quickened that to me a little while ago, but I neglected it, and he just moved back on me, and he wants us to lead everyone in prayer that we can Timothy just pray two. for the leaders of the church. It's so what important. What verse? First uh, Timothy 2, 1 through 4. First okay. Timothy. Yep. Got it. And this is what it says. Therefore... I exhort, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For that, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. And this verse, it covers kings. And it covers all men, and it covers all in authority. 
So mm-hmm. you have authority in finance. You have authority in the seven mountains. You have authority in the church. You have the leaders of the church, and that's where a large part of what we've been talking about tonight. So, um, so I just I really have in my heart to just pray for the leaders of the church, okay. um, because if if we don't cover them in prayer, how can we expect God to do what He's supposed to do? God is really good. You know, God made hearts. He makes hearts. He's the best. I mean, no one can make hearts. And I'm not talking about the pumping heart. I'm talking about the, the, the inner core of where your soul and your spirit and all of who you are comes together. Jesus said, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. The very center of who you are, that's where you speak from. If you've speaking bad stuff, you've been putting bad stuff in. If you're speaking the word and you're speaking good stuff, you've been putting good stuff in. And so out of the abundance of our heart, well, God makes the hearts and he can, if he makes the heart of these leaders, he can touch it. He can minister to it. He can reach in with his finger and re-stir up their heart to be hungry for the things of God. Re-stir up their heart to be hungry for the move of the spirit, to be, to stir up their heart. So, okay, there's 25 ministers I know that pray in tongues. Uh, there's got to be something to this because they're all good men. They're good husbands. Yeah. They're good dads. They're good people. They're all they're, So obviously, what if I'm wrong? What if I don't believe in praying in tongues because I'm wrong instead of all 25 of them being wrong? You see, it's just being open. Openness is the most powerful tool because without openness, you will not move forward in the things of God. You will not be used of God to do anything. So we can pray for their hearts. We can. You want to jump start or you want me to jump start? Whatever you want to do, Marty. Why don't I'm you start us off? You, okay. you start off the, the, the and I'll, I'll be a caboose and I'll follow up. Okay. That sounds good. Okay. Good. Thank you, Lord. Thank, Thank you. you, Lord. Father God, in the precious name of your son, Jesus Christ, Lord, we come before you, Father. Father, we praise you that you are a faithful God, Lord, that you are merciful. The word of God says your mercies are new every morning. And Father, in the name of Jesus, we we come before you, Father God, and we pray for the leadership, Father God, of the church, Lord. Father, in your word, it it says it is the knowledge of the truth that will set you free. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus Christ right now, they come to the knowledge of the truth in accordance with your word that will indeed set them free. Father, we ask in the name of Jesus Christ, Father God, that the dross be brought to the surface so it can be dealt with, that the shackles come off, Father God, that have been binding them and weighing them down, Father God, and preventing them from truly doing what you have called them to do, Father God, that including the cares of this world that has boggled them down, Father God. Lord, we're asking in the name of Jesus Christ for you to touch them for you to refresh them, for you to speak to them, for you to unclog their ears, Father God. Take the spiritual cataracts off their eyes, Father, in Jesus' name, and let them hear what the Spirit has to say. Let them see, Father God, with clear vision what you want them to see, Father. Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, they do not continue down a wrong path, Father God, filled with jagged edges and brambles, Father God, and danger, Lord, and and snares, Father God. We just ask you to deliver them from the snare of the fowler right now, Father God, and the perilous pestilence, Father, in the precious name of your son, Jesus Christ, Lord, we praise you tonight. Thank you, Lord. 
Lord, you said in your word, Lord, you desire for all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Lord, it's kind of it's kind of pitiful that I have to pray this to you, but I truly believe there's some there's some ministers out there, there's some leaders in the church that aren't even saved. And I actually know that there are. So, Father, we come to you in the precious name of Jesus, according to Matthew 9, 36 through 39. It says, Father, we should pray unto you, the Father, the Lord of the harvest, that you would send forth laborers into their lives to share the truth with them. Well, Lord, you said in 1 Timothy 2 that you want them to get saved and come into the knowledge of the truth. So, Father, we're asking you right now, so people watching, join in with me and say, in the name of Jesus, Father, send laborers into the lives of the leaders of the church those that have not known you and ever even been saved the deception the catholic church lord have mercy lord those that have never even received christ father send laborers now we pray into their lives to share the gospel of jesus with them unto salvation where they can have that born again experience we thank you for that, Father. We believe you're doing that right now throughout our our entire nation. And Lord, you said that you wanted us to live a peaceable life. Lord, you want us to live a peaceable life in godliness and honesty. Well, Lord, the leaders in the church, they set things up and they can feed and they can nourish the church so that the church can rise to the place that they're supposed to be. So, Father, I'm asking you, to lead and guide them and bring the leaders the message, the fullness of your gospel, not a watered down little counseling session from a stage. We're tired. We have had enough of these little watered down, make me feel good messages. Lord, I'm asking you to give them boldness. As Ephesians says, where Paul said, pray for me that I would be given utterance with boldness. So, Father, I'm calling for these leaders. Lord, I'm saying and speaking that they would have boldness. They would stand against sin. They would stand against worldliness. They would stand against the darkness, against the witchcraft, against the, against the rebellion, against all the confusion that's being fed to the young, the college students, and the elementary, and the children, and the teenagers. All They would stand up and be a voice of truth of what a man looks like and what a woman looks like and how to be a man and a woman of God seeking and hungry for you. Father, give them boldness. Wake them and shake them and give them boldness. We pray in the precious name of Jesus. Thank you. Praise Hallelujah. Praise Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Now we're going to pray for Chris's football team because I think they're having a bad year. Um, <laughs> I'm joking. So, <laughs> what, what, what is Chris's team that he likes? The New York Jets. Oh, yeah. We need to pray for the New York Jets. Yes, we do. Pray for them and pray for the players and pray for the yes. Chris would love prayer for the New York Jets. Uh, yes, Jets and the Mets. That's, that's his uh, team, baseball and football. Nice. Uh-huh. So So what else is going on? Praise the Lord. What else is going on? Well, we are approaching the end of the year. Yes. And we are, yep, we are entering a new year on our calendar. The Jewish New Year started in Rosh Hashanah at the end of September. So 
their new year already started. Um, and uh, so I'm, I'm curious to see going into 2023, what happens? I'm praying about it. Yeah, I will I'm, tell I'm, I'm watch. I'm keeping my eye on the, uh, the Southern calendar, the Louisiana calendar. Um, it's based <laughs> off of hunting season. Um, so we're moving over from gun season back into bow season when gun season comes to an end. And that's our Rosh Hashanah getting back into bow season. Um, of course, I'm joking. Sorry. I just bad joke. So. <laughs> I will tell you quickly, there, there appears to be a prophecy fulfilled yeah. that happened that we got sent. Uh, and so... It was, I remember the Lord on July 11, 2022, started talking to me about Hawaii. And he said, and says the spirit of the Lord this day, hey, Hawaii, stop with your idols. That's all capitalized, says the Lord, for your leadership is under the control of Amanda, such. Amanda, your mic is sounding, your mic is broken up. It is? Yeah, it's oh, boy, coming, coming through bad. All right, let's see. Hold on, we're going to play around a little bit here. You tell me when it sounds better. Hold on. It sounds good now. It sounds good now? Okay, I turned down the volume. All right. Okay, good. So, yeah, let's get into this. Okay. So it says, <clears throat> and says the Spirit of the Lord this day, Hawaii, stop with your idols. That's capitalized, says the Lord, for your leadership is under the control of such dark rulers that is bringing this smog of darkness upon your islands. Hawaii, return unto me. This is all capitalized. I warn you this day, O leadership, if you do not turn, there shall not only be eruptions of historic proportion, but explosions that shake the ground and hotels will fall. They will literally fall, for I am issuing judgment against the gods of the Hula and what has so defiantly been taught to the people. So this was on July 11th, 2022. And what happened was November 28th, 2022. Mauna Loa, the world's largest active volcano, has erupted for the first time in nearly four decades. And civil defense officials Monday warned residents on Hawaii's Big Island to stay alert, even though there doesn't appear to be any immediate danger. For the first time in 40 years, this volcano has erupted. 40, biblically, when we see Noah and the flood and when the Lord shut the door and it rained 40 days and 40 nights and it was judgment. And then Jesus was sent into the wilderness to be tried and tested for 40 days and 40 nights. Um, and I think this is indicating Hawaii is entering a really serious testing period. Wow. I love that. Where they, they need to come. Yeah. They need to come wholeheartedly to the Lord, yeah, including their leadership who is holding hands in the dark. Um, with leaders that are lurking in the shadows that were once at the forefront. And I think that's still going on. Yeah. So, um, interesting, right? Interesting. Have you gotten anything concerning Noah and the Ark or anything over the last year or so? My gosh, I'd have to go back and look. Maybe. I'm going to go check and see. Okay. And I'll let you know I, because you got something to get into. Well, we're, well, we're getting close. We're getting closer to that day where the door shut. Yeah. Um, you know, on the ark that we have now and the Lord dealt with me. And, and, um, we, when we were in the reawaken, um, in Idaho, 
I ministered at a church over in Spokane, and the Lord dealt with me that he's going to send me to different cities, uh, kind of with a, a Noah anointing, helping building arcs in cities. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and just, you know, I mean, we forget that a large part of what, I mean, because of the story, you know, the ark, many people have turned it into, hey, it was to save, you know, Noah, his family, but it was also to be, a, and, and the animals, but it was also to be a shot, it was to be a big billboard of, hey, world, hey, earth, it's coming, wake up, get ready, yes. prepare the way for the coming of the Lord, prepare the way for that separate, that sanctification, that setting apart that will save you, you know, the, the, the rapture of the church. Um, yes. And so I find it's just funny. We're getting closer to the rapture of the church. The more we are obviously. Um, and the more we do, we even still have people that rise up and say, Hey, you know, uh, there's really not even a rapture of the church. Um, of course they should have told Paul that when he was writing to the church of Thessaloniki or Nisi, um, because uh, Paul didn't know that. So, yeah, it's interesting of the closer we get to this end. I'm telling you, there's something significant about the next 30 days of this of this year. Because the I Lord agree. made it so clear to me that whatever we can get crammed in this year will affect eternity more than we'll ever know. That's what he said to me. I don't know all the light of what he was saying by that, but I've been aware. There's been some things we've done. We've done just because he said that to me, like, oh, let's take a break and let's not do this. And then that word would come to my heart and I, no, no, let's go do this. We're going to get as much done as we can because eternity is being affected by the rest of this year. I agree with that. 100%. It is. And, um, you know, the Lord is, is, is calling us to do um, things right now that maybe we wouldn't have wanted to do maybe a year ago, yeah. maybe six months ago. And now we're being, we're being called to do it. We're being required to, to yeah. walk through those doors right now. We are. Yeah. And he has prepared us better than we think he has yeah. um, and gotten us ready for this moment. Yeah. So sure. walk through the door. You have to break the threshold of the door. You need to walk through this door that is about to unlock and open yeah. in total faith. Yeah. A lot of people, you know, every door has a price tag and the yeah. price tag many times looks like sacrifice. Uh, and we're talking to not just me and you, we're talking to the people listening. Uh, There's yeah. so many people, there's going to be so many people listening, wondering how do they get in that divine placement? There's a price to pay. I know you've paid many prices i've paid just the last year and a half of traveling out of our own pocket and doing the things that we've done and i would endeavor to stop amanda and god would say i never told you to stop i'm like sorry and i'd get right back in and then i'd stopped again he's like i never told you to stop and just being sensitive to his leading and his voice and obeying it someone wants to ask me how do they build faith in god other than the word and how do they cultivate that relationship with God? It's just called immediate obedience. And that is part of the price of that sacrifice that we all have to pay to be approved for the assignments we're given. 
See, there's a great call that he gives each and every one of us. And then there are assignments. Assignment might be one meeting. An assignment might be a day long, a week long, a month long. Some assignments might be the rest of your life, but there's multiple assignments. Many times each one of those assignments, there's a price tag that you have to pay. And it's not money normally. It's sacrifice. It's faithfulness. He can trust you in the small, then he'll trust you in the large. You know, those are the prices. Consistency. Clay Clark is the king of consistency. I mean, yes. seriously, the guy is a robot. Yeah. So don't tell Clay I said this. Um, <laughs> please, so because I know Clay doesn't watch our show. So um, he's he's what? both of our coaches, but you know whatever. So um, but don't tell Clay. But I went in about three months ago on a Saturday. I go in on Saturdays and we do we do podcasts together whenever he's free and I'm free, and we do two or three or four podcasts together. I'm just kind of coast. I'm just sitting there and and you know just hanging out with him while we're having fun, and. This one Saturday, he yawned, and I saw him yawn, and he immediately apologized and almost ducked his head like he was ashamed. I said, Clay, you're human. He's like, no one's ever seen me yawn. I'm like, you're joking, right? The guy, he sacrifices so much, so what's happened? The door of influence has opened where he's changing a nation. He's changing the lives of so many people and he's waking so many people up because he's paid a price for that. So every, and that's just an assignment for him. There'll be another assignment that comes. There's another right. assignment coming for him very soon. This assignment will end and there is a greater assignment coming because he's been faithful in the one he's been doing. And that's how this works. When God says, do a thing, you do it like you want to. You do it like it's the only thing you've ever heard him say. And you stick to it. We were teaching children's for 11 years. I was a healing minister. I was a traveling. I am healing. I was all these different things that I could have done. And I stopped and just did children's. Of course, I had a job. But I did children's on Sunday morning for 11 years. And I uh -huh. told the Lord about nine years in, I will never stop this until I hear your voice. Because I know what your voice is like. Other voices are always talking about what I should do. But I know your voice. And I said, I will never, I will do this until I die in old age. Until you tell me to stop. In the 11th year, he moved up on me really quickly and said, stop right now. Call him and tell him you're done. I'm sending you to the nation. 11 That's years right. of just being in you could ask, you could ask them, you could ask my wife. I hardly ever missed, and I was there on time. I hardly was ever late. Some people would come straggling in 45 minutes late. I was there early. I was there because of God said to. And I was I was approved. And I went through the threshold of the door that you're talking about because of faithfulness. You know, the Lord made me feed ducks for two and a half years. Wow. Every day. Pain or no pain, sleet, snow, bitter cold, heat, didn't matter. Every day, I had to consistently go down there and feed them. And as I did that, more and more came until we had 80 ducks running around the property where we had had no ducks ever. And I did this consistently. People around me thought I was nuts, but the Lord told me. And then he brought Jake along. And he said, you see him? You're going to feed him too. Every day, you're going to feed him. And so after two and a half years of doing that, consistently the lord said now you're ready 
Now you're ready. We still call you crazy duck lady. Yep, yep, that's what I am, the crazy duck lady. (laughs) Now, someone could say, oh, Amanda and Marty, they just went on a rabbit trail. They just went a whole different way. Now, I'm being prompted by my spirit to say this. They just went and started talking about something else. No, we're on the same topic of judging yourself, being open and sensitive to do the last thing he said do. See, God wants to use this session to get people ready for that divine placement where they could be used in the great exploits season. He wants you to be prepared and approved, and he wants to find you faithful. So he gives you opportunity. You know, the Bible says when you pray, you can pray and ask for seed for the sower. So you literally say, hey, God, I need some seed. He'll give you some seed. You can sow it and then reap a harvest. See, God starts you with where you are. He starts things with a seed. So if he tells you to do a small thing, it's not a small thing. It's a huge seed that faithfulness will water. And I think we lost Marty for a minute. We will see if he comes back on to finish. We are at an hour and 26 minutes uh, and his internet appears to uh, cut out, which I find interesting. He was talking about what he was talking about. And then all of a sudden it cut out. Here he is. Here he is. He's back. <laughs> so we're basically just talking about, you know, how to manage what's in front of you. The last thing people will say all the time, Amanda, I don't know how to get into God's plan and do the things he has for me. And I'll say to him and my wife too, we'll say, what's the last thing he said? Have you been faithful in the last thing you heard him say? And then if they say, well, I never heard him say anything. Well, then that's your problem. Yep. I agree. Because I promise you, he's been wanting to tell you something. Get your old ears open, the eyes of your understanding open. Spend time waiting before him in prayer. Just quietly, you will begin to hear things. He needs you for the season coming up. Amen. He does. He absolutely does. And and we need to be where we need to be at, where the Lord has deemed uh, that we are fit to do what he needs us to do. So, and being obedient, because obedience is better than sacrifice, doing that gets us ready to be able, without questioning, when the Lord tells us to do something, okay, Lord, and just go do it. And that's what he requires in this season, as crazy as it may sound sometimes. He wants you to do it. Uh, And so this is why it's so important to hear his voice, know his voice, and the strangers you will not follow. I pray that every day, every day, because we need to know his voice among all the counterfeits and imitators that want to try to sound like him. So it's so important. And uh, we have a few minutes left, Marty. We're at an hour and 27 minutes. Yeah, that's only round one. We have three more sessions tonight. Um, So... um, (laughs) He just prompted me to speak to businessmen for a second uh-huh. or biz for, for, and so let me just, let me just endeavor to speak out of my heart. Um, there are businessmen that have been found faithful. They were prompted by him to start a business. They were prompted by him to move from one place to another and forsake everything that they did have to move to the place. I'm talking to someone specifically because I just saw him. And so, but it's not just for them, it's for many businessmen. But some businessmen have been prompted to move from one place to another place with just basically to live by faith 
and get things going. And as they've done that, they've been found faithful. And so some of those businessmen, the call of God is now being made realized unto them because there's been such a deficiency in the ministry gifts in the body of Christ. And ministry gifts waxed wane, and they did not stand up and do the things that they should. And they even rejected the anointing. You know who I'm being reminded of right now? The businessman who was the pastor um, in Batavia, when we were in Batavia. Yes. Yeah, that, he was just a businessman. The pastor left. He stepped up, and he is flowing in the Holy Ghost. He's pastoring the church, and it's a powerful move of God. But he had the... He had the tenacity, he had the strength to stand against the government saying, you got to shut down. And he stood against the whole town and he's standing strong and they're having revival up there because there was this grit inside of him that the pastors many times don't have. So God is going to unleash you, businessmen. I'm talking to you now. God is going to unleash you for you felt the call of God and you felt just a tinkling on the inside. Just a little inkling. I don't know what's the best word, tinkling or inkling. Probably not a tinkling. Amanda will correct tinkling later. They feel an inkling on the inside. Hallelujah. You're feeling something concerning ministry. And you begin to touch it a little and you begin to see good fruit from that. So go ahead and touch it a little more and step your right foot forward. I'm not saying you're going to lay aside your business. I'm saying as you step your right foot forward into the ministerial call of God, you can do both at once. And he'll Amen. use you because there's been such a deficit of leadership in this hour. He's calling for you to step up and do your part. Says the Lord. Hallelujah. I like that word. Praise Amen. God. I love that word too. Praise God. Because, yeah. you know, it's a new arena for somebody in business to step yeah. into the ministerial call. And so it's important that they have that encouragement because they've already been equipped and the Lord's already been training them through what they've been doing in business and they just don't realize it yet. But they will. Absolutely. They will. Praise the Lord. Praise the Woo. Lord. Well. Good night, Marty. Praise night, the Lord. Amanda. <laughs> it has been an honor. Thank you for allowing me to be on Grace Out Loud, session number two. Yes, that's right. Praise the Lord for it. Uh, and you know what? People are learning a lot from it because we're getting emails about it. Oh, good. And so you can go to, now is your website up yet, Marty? Yeah, so yeah, loudmouthprayer.org, O-R-G. What you do is you go to loudmouthprayer.org. You go there and there's a little button up there that says start praying today. You click on that. If you've not seen our prayer videos, I'm getting so many good reports of that. There it is right there, loudmouthprayer.org. People yep. are really loving. The two main sessions I've come out with is praying in tongues, which I'm still doing that one. And then the other one, how to get your prayers answered. Amanda, I can answer 90 to 95% of prayer questions from that one series that I've got on YouTube and Rumble. I focus everyone to go to Rumble. I can answer 90 to 95% of prayer questions just from that one series, how to get your prayers answered. Yeah. They're short videos and they're 12 of them and they're powerful. Some are five minutes, some are 10 minutes, but they're really just yeah. answering so many questions. So that's what I say. Click on start praying today on our website and then send us your info and we'll send you our weekly letter. And then you'll get all of our, every time we come out with something, we send that to you. Wonderful. So go to loudmouthprayer.org. Lots of amazing resources there. Marty and his wife, Jenny, have been doing this for well over 20 years uh, in how to pray. 
Uh, and so we are very grateful for that. And so if you go there and you sign up, uh, you, you're going to learn a lot. Let's just put it that way. You're going to learn a lot from them. And so it's needed in this hour. It's needed. I learn a lot from Marty when he comes on. So, which is nice. So we appreciate that, Marty. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Grace, for lighting. (laughs) Is it a girl or a boy? I think it's a girl because she likes to mother the other animals in there, like the other birds. Like, I mean, you know, if you're not like lifted the tail and looked, I mean, what do you do? I know. With birds, it's hard. You need to do a blood test. Really? Yeah, birds. Many With many birds and exotic birds, you have to do a blood test uh, to check for male or female. Wow. So, okay. But it's believed Grace is indeed a female. Yeah, I believe just by the way she lights on your head, there's, yep. a, there's a kindredship there between your hair. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. Brother Hagen used to say, he loves for women to go to the salon because a lot of women looks like their head is last year's bird nest. So, <laughs> I'm not going to make any comment. Your hair looks lovely tonight, but I'm not going to say thank anything you. beyond that. Okay. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. That's funny that uh, Pastor Hagen would say something yeah. like that, but I think he's spot on. So yes, yeah, praise absolutely. the Lord. Well, God praise bless you. We appreciate you. God bless you, Marty. Thank you. We'll see you in two weeks. Yeah. See you in two weeks. Okay, have a wonderful night. And that concludes Grace Out Loud, episode two. I pray you learned a lot because when we start flowing in the spirit uh, is really when incredible things come forth and incredible words from the Lord. So we are blessed by him and his wife, Jenny. And if you go to loudmouthprayer.org, you can learn all about what they do. Uh, And so in conclusion tonight, as Grace is still flying all around the room, she's actually perched underneath the budgie cage, right? there right now um we're just going to put up a couple of things at the end here and this is the first one if you go to mypillow.com and use promo code arc you can save up to 66 percent or more sometimes off of my pillow products they are so much more than just pillows they have slippers they have sheets they have robes they have pet beds that are amazing uh, many of our animals including noble the pig duchess the pig wally the parrot and missy our black lab golden retriever mix have all slept on my pillow dog beds so go to mypillow.com today and use promo code arc also we are going into the winter season and i know in places like the northeast and otherwise it is not the easiest because you can't grow uh anything outside really as far as vegetation vegetables fruits things of that nature however if you go to amandagracegrows.com they're amazing hydroponic aeroponic garden towers that they also have indoor towers that will grow vegetables all winter long we actually have one in our parrot room uh and we are growing vegetables for the animals and ourselves throughout the winter they have outdoor ones too that if you live in a warm climate um that you can grow outside but with what's going on with the food supply and what they're doing to our food, uh, these come in handy as far as you know what you're growing. Uh, you know that nothing is being put on it, no pesticides or anything else. And they grow vegetables three times faster and 30% more. So you could go to amandagracegrows.com today. They have specials, I believe, going on. So that is the end here. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God bless everyone. Hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Uh, keep the faith armor up according to ephesians chapter six 
and have a wonderful evening, everybody. We will be back on soon. We will announce when we are coming back on. Um, and uh, we just pray you were blessed by tonight's broadcast. So God bless everyone. Keep the faith. Grace says bye also. Have a wonderful evening.